The Right Optics by Silmo. Presented by Nick Koffer. Industry voices, insight and inspiration. From the leading trade show for eyewear and optics. And so into the third series of The Right Optics by Silmo we go. Exactly like last year, we're going to have a run of episodes as we head towards Silmo itself at the end of September. A run of episodes talking to personalities from the optical industry. Fascinating stories between now and September. And then just after Silmo itself, we'll release a number of episodes from Silmo, bringing you all the colour, the stories, the people from Silmo 2023. First, let's get into this episode and meet my guest for today, Sebastian Brusset. Hello, or should I say bonjour? Hi, Nick. I would say hello. <laughs> this is better. Sebastian is uh, a consultant for Silmo Next, and he's the CEO of Jaw Studio in uh, Lyon. Here to talk today about the future, the past, the link between the future and the past. Lots to talk about, Seb. Uh, let's start by, by just explaining to me, what, what does Jaw Studio do? What do you specialize in? So Jaw Studio is a global design studio specialized in aware. So that means that we are doing all the disciplines of uh, the designs from graphism to uh, branding uh, through uh, marketing and of course product design uh, engineering and so on and so we are doing all such kind of practice uh, for the eyewear exclusively for the eyewear and you said you're you're a true artist aren't you <laughs> thank you yes i am uh, in fact i have uh, a part of my uh, of my work uh, on uh, at Joe Studio, I run also an artist activity uh, for my brain and my soul. It's, uh, you know, I, I need to create without any uh, constraint. It is really important to feed the brain and the soul, as you as you rightly say and you rightly know, Seb. Uh, let's start by talking about Silmo Next. Uh, you're a consultant for Silmo Next. What exactly is Silmo Next? So, in fact, uh, Silmo Next is a very uh, special project that is supported by the Silmo since five years now. And the idea behind is to uh, create, uh, let's say, contact between the old world of the optics, so the, the, let's say the former one, and uh, uh, what we could call the, the, the new world. So with new startup, new service uh, that, that work digitally, for example, that in, with some uh, electronics. And the idea uh, of the CMO is to uh, create some such kind of, let's say, brain-shaking uh, between those two worlds to create some uh, connection and uh, and perhaps, if there is interest, some new projects that come from this meeting. I noticed this last year, actually, at Silmo and working with Silmo, that um, the optical world is, is really quite split because on the one hand, it is extraordinarily traditional, very, very old school. But then there's the other side, which really has an eye on the future, and again, it has to have that eye on the future in order to survive and indeed progress. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. And uh, uh, this is exactly the, the purpose of Sigma Next is because we are really aware that uh, uh, you're absolutely right. It's very conservative on one side and, uh, and it needs uh, in a way to, to evolve, uh, could be maybe more, uh, more traditional even. Uh, or to turn into something that will be a bit more uh, digital, uh, uh, talking about the shops, for example, or a bit more probably connected for the frame. Uh, and uh, uh, but you know this, it, it's like a, an earthquake behind uh, uh, those two two worlds, and uh, that's why uh, it needs such kind of event like Silmonex to uh, uh, 
that to, to, to bring, in fact, this uh, knowledge uh, of upcoming world uh, to the old world that perhaps without such kind of events could stay blind uh, and and perhaps uh, uh, disappear uh, in the in the future because uh, not knowledge of uh, all these new development uh, in terms of uh, let's talk about experience because uh, uh, it's really the experience that change both in, into the, the 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 object itself or inside the store. You mentioned there Figital, uh, this this marriage of, of a physical store and, and the digital world. And, and perhaps a, a really good example of this is the progress of development in, in 3D printing, something that you're very passionate about. The progress in creating bespoke frames, small quantities of orders, uh, uh, shops in effect being able to, to create frames for one person, for one person's face. And it's interesting because it wasn't very long time ago that, that we considered the whole process of 3D printing as, as being really just suitable for, for samples, for, for, for pre-production samples. And that's really changing now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because let's say 20 years ago, it was uh, uh, the, the only purpose of 3D printing was just to make prototype, as you mentioned, because at first the material itself was uh, really uh, rigid, turned yellowish, very fast. Uh, it was really easy to break. And so it was not possible at all to do anything with such kind of uh, object uh, uh, more than validate uh, shapes, volume, uh, perhaps sometimes some assembly. But now uh, the game totally changes uh, with new materials. So now you have, you have a, a very big range of material that you could use from plastics like, like nylon, for example. So it's PA12, but we could also use some more sustainable material. Like we call that PA11. So, but it's it's a Riesland base. Um, so it's a much much more natural that what we use to use as, as the material for 3D printing. And we could also print metal uh, like titanium, for example, or, or aluminium, uh, stainless. All the kind of material that you could imagine. Now we are able to print it, even gold. Uh, it, it, we, we could print some gold. And if you, you look at what uh, 3D printing is bringing now, we are also able to print food. We are able to print some skin cells. Uh, so uh, it's very, very uh, wide, all the possibility. And in fact, it's just the start. So we could really imagine that in the future, it will really change the game of production. Talking about the materials there and the, and the sheer range of materials that you can use, it wasn't long ago, again, that, that we would consider that the kind of materials that you could produce with 3D printing were, well, average to say the least in terms of quality. Yeah, that's true. But now uh, uh, I, I, I can really uh, confess that uh, if you don't know that uh, a frame, for example, is 3D printed, you, you, you won't even notice nothing that could uh, make a difference between an ejected one, for example. So the, the process of finishing, of printing itself had really, really evolved. And uh, also the, 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 the kind of shapes that we are able to obtain with 3D printing could permit to reach a, a better functionality, for example, or something much more uh, uh, soft in some area, some much more rigid on others just working on how it's printed. And so both in terms of finishing and also possibilities, uh, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And as you mentioned, Nick, uh, uh, starting talking about 3D printing, 
it also permits to print just one frame. So in, if you print 50 frames at once, it could be 50 different frames. So that means that, of course, you could print a series, but uh, 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 the more the less, uh, you, you are really able to print uh, a, a very telomade, a bespoke frame. Uh, each frame could be totally bespoke. And so uh, this uh, now permits uh, probably tomorrow to the optician to produce themselves the frame for their customer. And this is, of course, true, isn't it? Because you don't have to worry about inventory. You don't have to worry about stock. You don't have to juggle uh, demand. You don't even have to take risks. You really can make based on on demand and also based on the face. Because, listen, I, I, I'm not an expert in faces, but I know that every single face is different. We're not all as handsome as you, Seb. Uh, every face is uh, is very different. And therefore, every frame could and, and should be different. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in fact, it's totally the opposite that happened since uh, 20 years. You know, let's say 30 years ago, you have uh, not a limited offer, but something that was much more limited than now. So less choices, but in, in many sizes, each models. And more and more, we try to uh, uh, standardize uh, the, 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 the production. And in fact, uh, now every model is in one, uh, let's say, one size. And as it's, it's one size, it's totally average. And so, as you said, we are all different. And even one person is asymmetrical. So one side is different than the other. And so how a frame that is made for everybody could fit specifically every head? It's not feasible at all. And and it's uh, and if you think about what is an A-ware, it's really you know, uh, personal, uh, the, the, the point of contact are really limited. You have the frame that is holding by your nose and by your ears, and 80% of the weight is on your nose. If it doesn't fit perfectly, it could be really uh, hurty to, to, to wear it and not comfortable. And so it has no sense. It's like, in fact, for, for a pair of shoes, you have just one size, and you ask everybody to, to fit into one size. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's interesting that you mention uh, opticians being able to make their own frames because I remember last year at Silmo 2022, I met a number of brands who spoke of their grandfathers there, their great grandfathers who were opticians and who made their own frames. And of course, in France, you talk about opticien lunetier, optician glasses makers. So in many ways, as we look towards this potentially exciting future with 3D printing, we're also looking back a hundred years. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, and I think, frankly speaking, that it's a necessary shift for, for, for the opticians because uh, I will talk about French opticians, but as you mentioned, they were opticien lunetiers, so frame maker as well. And since the last 20 years, even more, they turned just to a specialist of vision and without this ability to, 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 to make the frame. And, you know, more and more, they're not even doing the, the, the lens edging. So they're, they're not putting, uh, they're not cutting the, the, the lenses by themselves. They ask external lab to do it. So their knowledge in, in hand making, in hand crafting is more and more limited. And with this, that will happen, that will permit to them to to be back to the oldies where they were doing 100% of their know-how dedicated to vision. So from uh, advice and, and really fine advice to the, to the users, 
uh, on lenses, uh, perfect fit and so on. We have really high-end technology now that permits to really put perfectly the lenses in front of the eyes of the of the of the person. But you need also a telemetry frame, and they will be able with this tech to to uh, to to be able to produce by themselves. So exciting for the independent optician, potentially dangerous, worrying for big brands. I think that in every crisis there is some opportunities, and uh, it, it it could appear as a crisis for big brands, in a way because if opticians are able to produce by themselves parts of their offer, that that means that they will uh, probably buy less frame from the from the big brands, but such kind of tech could be also used and are are already used by big brands, and this has a lot of benefit because um, in terms of stocks. It's the same. You you don't need to produce in high volume. You don't need to to make a big stock. For example, if you use to inject your frame, you need to inject thousands of frames um, because when you place the the, the tooling uh, uh, in order to produce, you can't produce just one. Uh, so you need to produce a lot. So you take a big risk in terms of uh, of stock because if the model is working well, yeah, that's really good. Uh, but if you need to um, to reproduce, uh, it could take a long time. So you need to really evaluate well what could be the success. But if it's not a success, then we have uh, on your stock a lot of frames. So uh, this is the first point that could really benefit also to the big brands. And the second one is that all the 3D printer could be placed much more easily uh, in some areas uh, rather than a, a, a factory, for example. What I mean is, for example, if big brands have some uh, subsidiaries uh, in Middle East, in Asia, in Europe, in United States, uh, South America, whatever, they could place some very small unit there and to be much more efficient to answer the, 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 the telemade need uh, of those uh, areas uh, producing some parts, uh, assembly, uh, on place, so also in terms of mating, uh, that could help a lot. So this is also a, a great opportunity to 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 yeah to investigate 3D printing. And of course, for the optician, life has always been a juggling act. On the one hand, being a medical expert, the the care element of being an optician. And on the other hand, perhaps being a fashion expert, understanding how things look, and that's the fun part, the amusement part, the entertainment part. And I wonder how much of these new technologies. Are actually relevant to the care part. I get the fun part. I've seen I've seen them used. You know, uh, sound in frames. I've seen them used for skiing. I've seen them used for cycling. Smart frames, smart glasses. Give me some examples of where the these new technologies are really going to be useful for the care part of being an optician. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very good uh, very good question because uh, yeah, even if it's a uh, it's a Kind of a new segmentation, new 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 market that appears with uh, all such kind of tech product. Uh, we could already see that there is a, a, a real segmentation between what we call entertainment frames, so with augmented reality, with uh, also access to the to the internet, to the knowledge, and so on. This is uh, something that is more um, endorsed. By uh, the GAFAM by themselves, and uh, and they will probably put this uh, by themselves on the market. But on the other side, there is some care uh, uh, segment 
which is totally relevant uh, with the optician's knowledge. And uh, for example, uh, to start really basically, uh, just to improve uh, what is an eyewear, basic eyewear. So basic eyewear with progressive lenses uh, could be uh, shifted by an autofocus uh, uh, frames so that uh, will uh, adapt is the prescription to the, the distance you are looking to. And so this is something, for example, that exists that will be in the market really soon and needed to be distributed by the opticians for sure. Uh, you have also uh, uh, maybe more, uh, let's say, in the suburbs of this uh, of this area. Uh, you could have uh, additional uh, features that are close to the skills of the optician. For example, you could have some uh, hearing devices that are included inside the frame that could permit to help people that have some disease to hear well, uh, to have a better hearing with um, what we call a sound beaming. So with the lots of microphone on the frames that uh, permits to analyze what is the uh, sound environment of the of the users and to adapt real time to highlight some sound and reduce others. And so this is not so far of the optician that could be uh, also in stores. Uh, and then you have uh, other features that are uh, so included like uh, uh, dyslexia, for example, dyslexia smart uh, equipment. So this is, uh, you know, it's a French startup. So I'm very proud, you know, to be French and we have some uh, big ideas sometimes. <laughs> no, it's a joke. Uh, but yeah, we have a French startup. The name is Abbey and they are, they are providing uh, for children and also for adults that are suffering of dyslexia a frame. And because uh, for the big majority of dyslexic people that comes from the eyes, in fact, you don't have an eye that is uh, the, the director and the others that give the distance, it's uh, both are looking exactly in the same way. And so uh, there is a smart system inside that permits to shift very, very fast uh, the C from the right, uh, the right eyes to the, to the left one. And so this is something that is not really direct from what is uh, an optician, but could be really linked to, to what, they, what they know. And there is a lot of others, frames, products that are in this area. And we really think that the, the opticians are the specialists in this area, in fact, in the vision, but much more on the care market. And our idea is to bring to their attention all the products that are today in development uh, or already in distribution to yeah, maybe to, 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 to make them interested by this and, and, and start to, to try to distribute. It's an interesting future, isn't it? Because it looks from what you're saying that opticians of today could be the super opticians of tomorrow, uh, offering a, a much more holistic kind of service where not only are they looking at people's sight, but they're looking at their hearing and all other elements um, of their general well-being. It's, it's quite an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, by the past, I, I had the, the great occasion to work with them. Uh, really high degrees uh, student in design and we, we, we made a study based on, on the optical world and trying to imagine what will be the, the, the job of uh, an optician of uh, 2030. So not so far now uh, from what we are. And one, one project was super interesting because um, it was saying that the opticians will be the specialist of all the sense and taking care of all the sense and of course because we are in a, in a society where the sight is not the only sense that, they are, that is solicited, but it's highly solicited. So we could say that it's a, a, a 
primary uh, primer synths. And they could enlarge. They're, they're starting to do that with their hearing, for example, but it could, it could be really a scale to all, to, to all the, um, uh, the other synths. And we, we think that, yeah, the, the optician uh, could really uh, uh, increase their knowledge, their presence in this market just to take care of the consumer. It's incredible, isn't it? Silmo 2023 uh, is from September the 29th until the 2nd of October. Of course, if you want to find out more, uh, just go to silmoparis.com for more information. You are a big part of Silmo Next. Well, what are you what are you hoping for in Silmo Next this year? And what are you expecting from Silmo Next this year? In fact, we we, we expect the same uh, than what we are expecting since the early. It's really to bring to interest and so to interest you know, opticians manufacturers, distributors. So this new world, the idea what what we what we really would like is to make them aware about all is happening. And so this is I think worldwide the only space where they could hear a conference talk about super skilled people. Last year, for example, we had the head of uh, augmented reality at Microsoft that that gave, that gave a talk. So we have high skilled people that are there. And the idea is really to help opticians, especially opticians, but also, of course, frame maker. But let's talk about opticians to 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 make them choose if they would like to 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 let's say to to follow uh, uh, the path of of uh, smart eyewear. Let's talk about smart eyewear globally and digital experience and so on, or uh, just to decide, but with all the, the knowledge of what will happening uh, to decide not to go there and to stay really um, traditional. And I think that this is our mission and, and more than that, the Silmo mission to shake the brain and to bring something to attention. Uh, we will create some a workshop, for example, and we really hope people to, to come and participate and exchange, they, they will have a lot of talk and we would like people to be there and, and ask questions and really investigate just for them to make the choice with all the knowledge that they need. Sev, in the half an hour or so that we've been speaking, I feel we've barely barely even touched the surface of, of where this can go. And it's been absolutely fascinating to hear your passion and, and your expertise and, and just give us that, that, that sense, that taste of what lies ahead for the optical industry in, in the year, the years, the decades ahead. Anyone who wants to find you online, find out more about what you do at Jaw Studio, how do they find you? Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks Nixon, to know a bit about what we are doing. I think that the, the best would be to... Uh, to reach us, uh, so uh, Joe Studio on Instagram because we used to publish some uh, uh, a lot of work that we are uh, doing and uh, and so on, and also some announcements. Then I think that my my personal LinkedIn, so Sebastien Brosset, is uh, the best way to exchange with us, and uh, because it's a media that I really use, and there is a lot of things that happening there. Also, I'm learning a lot of stuff there. So this could be a, a great a, a great place. And uh, if people would like to know more uh, about me, my own Instagram, so as as Bruce is, uh, is is also reachable, and you will see some uh, artwork and design there. Uh, 
experimentation and so on. And the artwork is is fantastic. Brousse is spelled B-R-U-S-S-E-T. Seb, I really appreciate your time both in this podcast and we've done a French version as well. So if you'd like to hear the French version, that's available in this series as well. It's been really fascinating to talk to you. I will see you later on this year at Silmer and I look forward to all that you've got to offer there. You know, it would be a pleasure, Nick. Thanks a lot. If this is the first time that you're discovering the right optics, please do seek out the 10 episodes from last year, from 2022. Five episodes in the run-up to Silmo 2022, hosted by uh, the wonderful designer, Jason Kirk. And then five episodes from Silmo itself. Great guests who really are at the heart of your industry. And if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to click on follow. That means you'll be notified of all future episodes of The Right Optics. So the episodes in the lead up uh, to Silmo 2023 and then the episodes from Silmo 2023 itself later on in the year. Come and see us in September in Villepin. For more information, just go to silmoparis.com or look for Silmo Paris on all the social media networks. Thanks again to Seb for taking part in this episode. Thank you to you for your company. But for now, from me, from The Right Optics, it's goodbye.